0: Welcome to the RUF Berkeley podcast. RUF is a campus fellowship centered around experiencing and expressing the love of God to our campus, our classmates, and our community. For more information, check out our website at rufberkeley.com or find us on Instagram at rufberkeley. So I'll be doing a scripture reading from Psalm 125. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forevermore. For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous, lest the righteous stretch out their hands to do wrong. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good and to those who are upright in their hearts. But those who turn aside to their crooked ways, the Lord will lead away with evildoers. Peace be upon Israel. So uh, we are... Back in the Psalms tonight, and we are uh, on Psalm 125, and I want us to um, to start out uh, with a question um, as we kind of enter into contemplating what Psalm 125 is all about and what it says about us and what it says about God. And the question that I want us to consider right now is: Have you guys ever wondered why we are so insecure? Like collectively as a people like everybody is insecure and the question is why why are we so insecure and i want you to think for a moment of all the things that we're kind of insecure about and to be fair like some insecurities i can totally understand um like if you think about it you're like yeah that that really is embarrassing Um, and you probably should be a little insecure about that. It's like me, uh, I had adult braces. For those of you who may have braces now, that's fine. I had adult braces when I was in college and had to wear a headgear for a season at night. When I slept, I'd have to wear it at school or in class. There's just no way around that. That's really embarrassing, and uh, I was insecure about it. So the only way I knew how to get through it was just kind of make fun of myself for it. Um, But insecurities... Run deep, and I'm convinced that some stuff we just make up because we are we are like hardwired to be insecure. So a few examples that came to mind for me as I was thinking about this. One I've mentioned before uh, in, in, in a sermon probably from a year or two ago, and it's become kind of a staple reference that students like and that I like. Um, so I throw this out a lot. It, it's it's boys and girls and how insecure we are, like in our own bodies. And you see this primarily in how we contort ourselves in these really unnatural ways when we take pictures. Um, So like, I don't know, maybe it changed a little bit for guys now, but when I was in high school, it was like who has like the thickest neck to look the most muscular, like in the picture. And that's what guys thought, like girls really want to see this. Like I'll be hot, you know, if I I do this kind of like face. And then girls... Like girls kind of stand like pelicans in pictures, you know, and like do all this weird stuff because like they think if I like put my body in this position that it never naturally is in, then that's what will make me attractive or whatever's going through our minds. Um, so that's one thing. Another thing, too, is like these POVs that you see on TikTok, these point of view things. Now, I don't know the genesis of POVs and where they came from, and all the different types. Um, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, guys, in particular, and we actually made fun of these. If you need to know what a POV is, just go to our, our RUF Instagram account. We had Christian do that as one of the first things uh, he did as an intern. Um, and like what these guys do is kind of like make their face look chisel, chiseled or something, and they like turn to the camera, and I don't know exactly what the concept of a POV is, but nonetheless, it's like the only reason anyone would ever think that a face like that looks good or to make that face even looks good is because they're incredibly insecure of who they are. Like it's not, it's not hot. It just looks weird and creepy. Uh, another one, um, that I'm kind of new, uh, New to the game, maybe I just kind of found out about this recently. Lip injections are a thing now. Um, so, like, I'm 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 sorry if your lips didn't turn out the way that you wanted, but injecting them with some kind of foreign substance seems like a bit extreme to me. And the point with like a lot of this is like the extreme solutions that we try to make up for our insecurities. Uh also another one too I was unaware of is forehead implants. I don't I can't even envision a forehead that would need implants, but apparently somebody didn't like their forehead so they're pumping stuff into their forehead. Weird. Weird. Okay. Sorry if your mom has a forehead implant or your dad. Strange. Um another like kind of popular one these days uh, is ghosting, right? And I just want us to like slow down and think about what that actually is. Um, it's this solution that we've conjured up for whatever is just like so difficult, right? And in, in our lives, uh, we're we're so allergic to feeling the discomfort of just a normal life kind of conflict or whatever it may be that we think the best solution is to functionally disappear from the face of the earth. And we, we blame it on them, but it's not them, it's you, right? It's us. When you, when you ghost people, I don't care how creepy they are or weird they are, uh, it's a you thing, right? You're, we're too insecure to kind of engage in some of just normal day-to-day discomforts of life. And the list could go on and on and on and on. Right, with all these kind of humorous examples of insecurities that we all face. Uh, But the reason why I bring that up is because it highlights for us a deeper, um, more intrinsic aspect of being human, and that is uh, security. Security. We want to feel secure, Um, we want to be protected, right? And that's not just from physical. Danger. We want our identities uh, to be intact, to be unimpaired, to be whole. Security is kind of this primal instinct uh, and desire that we all have. And Psalm 125 uh, is about that. Psalm 125 is about that sense of security that we all long for, right? And this is another reason why the Bible speaks so honestly about the road that we travel. It's so honest about life and about the trials that we face. And one of the things that this is pointing out is that Christians are no different than non-Christians. We have the same kind of needs for protection and security uh, (coughs) in our identities as anyone else. The only difference is where we find that security. That's what Psalm 125 says is pointing out for us. Psalm 125 is a song for the road that reminds us of our security, our true security. As we travel, um, you know, this imagery of the Christian life is, is one of a road that's traveled or a mountain that's climbed, a hill that's ascended. Um, it's a, an apprenticeship to the way of Jesus. And on that road, it's precarious. It's uncertain. Um And we will inevitably fall prey to anxiety and insecurity and fear. And the Bible knows this. Um, God knows this. And so, as he so often does, he reminds us where our true security is found. So there's two things that I want to look at tonight um, in Psalm 125. And that's that Psalm 125 is, number one, it's an affirmation. And number two, it's an invitation. It's an affirmation and it's an invitation. We're gonna spend more time on the affirmation and just a brief amount of time on the in, uh, invitation. But um, let's go ahead and jump into the first one. So Psalm 125, if, if you're a note taker and you wanna write something down, uh, Psalm 125 is an affirmation that those who trust in God Are forever secure. Psalm 125 is an affirmation that those who trust in God are forever secure. The problem that I often see, um, both in my own life as a Christian and as I pastor students and others, uh, is that even though many of us on this call uh, would claim to be Christian, we struggle um, immensely with spiritual insecurity and it comes in a plethora of forms, right? So many of us struggle with doubt and we look around at other Christians and we think to ourselves like, they just make it look so easy. And when we see that and we feel that way, we begin to question whether or not we actually have an authentic relationship with God. Um, others of us have like a deep-seated anxiety about our actual salvation. Like we question whether or not we're really saved. And funny enough, that's not something that, that's talked about too much anymore. And I don't exactly know why. So maybe it's a good sign, you know, that students aren't actually struggling with that as often. But nonetheless, like some of us still do. And you go to bed every night and you panic because you aren't sure if you're actually saved that you belong to God. And so you question whether you love God as much as you think you should. And at one point in your life, like I feel like one way, one form that this kind of struggle takes is like folks will say, at one point in my life, I felt like I could feel the presence of God so immediately. I could feel the presence of God. And now like the older that I get, like the more life goes on, like everything just seems dull and dead. I don't feel God the way that I used to feel him. And then others, uh, in fact, probably most of us, if not every single one of us, um, uh, we deeply desire to be a Christian. Uh, we believe that maybe we're a Christian, uh, but we have some serious stuff going on in our lives behind the scenes. Tuesday night large group looks a lot different than Saturday night. What your Tuesday night looks like looks a lot different than what your Saturday night may look like. And here's the thing, like you feel like what makes it even more difficult is you feel like you can't stop this Saturday night lifestyle, right? You love the excitement of whatever it may be of living on the fringes of hookup culture or drinking too much. And the reality is, is that you're, you're struggling big time. Some of you think that you're a Christian, but you're in a relationship where you've done things that you never thought you would do, and there doesn't seem any way out of this relationship, and so you begin to question the authenticity of your faith. Like, If I really loved God, certainly I wouldn't be doing this. If I really loved God, certainly my Saturday nights would not look this way or my weekends wouldn't look this way or wouldn't talk this way about these certain people. And and all of these kind of more extreme examples are just on top of all the other things that we encounter on the road with Christ, right? On the road of life. I didn't even mention like pain and suffering and the trauma that, that many of you have experienced in this life, but there's even more like just run-of-the-mill stuff like jealousy and envy, where we wake up every single morning wishing that we had something else or we were somebody else, or stuff like greed and selfishness. And we, we struggle to live even one minute of our lives thinking about somebody other than ourselves. Everything is for me. My education is for me. My roommates are for me. RUF is for me. Church is for me. Everything is for me. The problem is that as we travel the road, as we're on this journey and we encounter all the normal hardships of life, of the life of faith, whether that's sin, temptation, doubt, whatever it may be, the problem is that we become incredibly insecure about our relationship with God we begin to question it. I'm not really who people think I am. I'm not who I think I am. I am a fake. I am a fraud. And we live in the shadow and the shame of who we are and not in the power and the promise and security and stability of who God is. That's what Psalm 125 is about. We're about halfway down the road now um, in the Psalms of Ascent. And and Psalm 125, it gives us a, a solution because Psalm 125 is a foil for our faithlessness. And the reason why is because Psalm 125 is not about you. Psalm 125 is about God and about what God has done for you. So I want you to look at the imagery that this psalm gives us, particularly in verses uh, one through two. I'm going to read that for us really quick. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth Excuse me, and forevermore. What we see in this psalm here is twofold. One, it says that those who trust in the Lord are like a mountain, a firm, like fixed, sturdy thing, right? But we're like mountains because, number two, the Lord surrounds them like mountains surround Jerusalem. So, there's this twofold imagery going on here with the mountains. It's that those who trust in the Lord are like a mountain because the Lord surrounds them like mountains surround Jerusalem. Jerusalem was actually a very protected city, and the reason it was um, was because it was surrounded by mountains. And Mount Zion was in the center of those mountains. And so the, the geographical imagery that we get here from this psalm is that is that uh, what we have here is that Christians uh, are secure. And we are secure not because of anything that we do to secure ourselves, but because the Lord surrounds us. That's why we are secure. He protects us. Like nothing gets to us without first going through God. So you can envision, right, as if you remember the Psalms of Ascent kind of marked this annual pilgrimage of uh, ancient Israelites as they traveled to Jerusalem to worship God and for various religious festivals. And they could see Mount Zion from a distance. as like a physical manifestation of the faithfulness of God. And God has been good to us even now because he realizes that we're sensible and tangible creatures. And so what do we do? What should we do at least every time we gather together on Sunday mornings? Right, we have physical manifestations of the body and blood of Jesus broken for us. And so even here, as these Christians are traveling the road, they can see this mountain and the ways that it represents the faithfulness and the sturdiness, not of who they are, but of who God is. And then the mountains that surround Jerusalem are like a fortress that portray and display the protection that we have in God. And so Psalm 125 is an affirmation for those who trust in God for at least two reasons. The first reason is that what this means, in a very practical way, what this means is that any trial, any trial, any temptation, any struggle, any weekend, any night, whatever it may be, none of that comes to you unbeknownst to God. None of it. It's not as though these trials or these temptations kind of slip past the gatekeeper. And so what this means is that no matter what comes your way, as hard as it may be to endure whatever it is and is is as difficult as it is to believe this in the moment, nothing comes your way that is not within the mysterious protective plan of God for your life. Because Psalm 125 says that God always surrounds you. Nothing gets to Jerusalem without going through those mountains and nothing gets to you without going through Jesus. And so that means that whatever comes to you is ultimately for your good. That's the first thing that we see. The second thing, the second reason why Psalm 125 is an affirmation, and this is what I really want you to hear, okay? The second reason Psalm 125 is an affirmation is because nowhere does the psalmist talk about the size of your faith. Nowhere does the psalmist talk about the strength of your faith does it say a single thing about the strength of your trust or the strength of your faith. This passage talks about the object of our faith. The first verse in this passage is those who trust in the Lord. Those who trust in the Lord, not in ourselves. So the picture that this is painting for you of what life on the road looks like is that whether you've got a whole lot of faith or whether you've got a tiny mustard seed of faith, or whether you're high on the promises of God and you feel the presence of God, or whether you're bringing a whole lot of anxiety and a whole lot of doubt and a whole lot of insecurity and a whole lot of sin, the picture that this is painting for us is not the security of your trust, not the strength of your trust. It's it's painting a picture for us that the foundation of Christ is the same always. You may change, but God doesn't. The foundation is always the same. Psalm 125 is not about you. Psalm 125 is about God. It's not about the amount of trust that you have. It's not about the amount of feelings that you can muster up for God. It's about the God in whom we place our trust in. And if you trust in God, no matter what that trust looks like, you are always secure because the foundation doesn't shift. It's not one thing for one person who's, you know, has a super strong faith or whose trust is really vital, right? Right? Uh, And then another thing for another person where God's kind of faithful to you because you're kind of faithful to him. God's faithfulness and the foundation that we have in God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And friends, this is really good news. It's really good news because so often when I talk to students, so often when I think about myself and when I feel like I'm struggling with my own faith. It's because the first thing I look at is my feelings. I don't feel like God is near. I don't feel like I want to read the Bible. I don't feel like I want to pray. I don't feel like I know how to pray. I don't feel like I have enough strength within myself to stop doing the things that I know I shouldn't do. I don't feel, I don't feel, I don't feel. And what Psalm 125 is telling us is that the good news is that your feelings about God and how close you feel to him or whatever It's good news that they don't matter nearly as much as you think they do. Eugene Peterson, uh, he puts it this way. Actually, in A Long Obedience for the Same Direction, which we've referenced a handful of times and Luke is the proud owner of now. It's a great book. Eugene Peterson puts it this way. My feelings are important for many things. They are essential and they are valuable. They keep me aware of much that is true and real. But they tell me next to nothing about God or my relation to God. My security comes from who God is, not how I feel. Friends, that is Psalm 125 in a nutshell. Our security comes from who God is, not how we feel. And that's why Psalm 125 is an affirmation that those who trust in the Lord are forever secure. So I want to hit on one other thing as we kind of bring this to a close. Psalm 125 is an affirmation But it's kind of two sides of the same coin. As an affirmation, it's also an invitation. Psalm 125 is an invitation for us to place our trust in the Lord. It's an invitation for us to place our trust in the Lord. I mentioned at the beginning um, all the humorous examples of insecurity that we face. Um, But deep down we know that those insecurities are indicative of something that's true about us all the way to our core. Uh, and, And that truth is that we are not okay. Something is off. And we spend hours upon hours, we spend years upon years, we spend dollars upon dollars trying to trust and something else for our security, and it never works. It never works. Um, Perhaps the greatest idol of our day, one of them at least, is the idol of youthfulness, getting back to uh, lip injections or forehead implants or whatever. Um, There's this thought that if we invest in returning to our youth, then that's the security That we've always wanted. And the irony is that, like you as young people, young students, young adults, kind of live in this kind of make believe world that your youth will remain forever. And you can pretend that your youth will persist forever and it won't. It will betray you. It will leave you. Just like everything else that we invest in to find our security in, it will betray you and it will leave you. And you may have all the money in the world to invest in all the different kinds of security that you could ever imagine from now until the day that you're dead. But at the end of the day, you will die and the grave will have the last say. It will take it from you and it will not be security that you're left with. And so if you're here tonight and your trust is in yourself, if your trust is in your reputation, if your trust is in your resume, if your trust is in your beauty, if your trust is in your wit or your intellect, Psalm 125 is an invitation for you to place your trust no matter how big or how small or how strong or weak it may be. It is an invitation for you to place your trust not in yourself, but in God. To place your trust in God who alone Provides every ounce of security that we need. One of the beautiful things that I love about the Bible is how honest and real the Bible is about the human experience, about how honest it is about the road that we all travel. It does not paint a picture of life that is free from failure, it does not paint a picture of life that is free from pain. It doesn't paint a picture of life that's free from temptation and trials and t- and turmoil. And it doesn't give us a false perception of who we are either. It doesn't paint a fake picture about what our life will look like and it doesn't paint us a fake picture about who we actually are. The Bible knows how feeble our faith can be. We are not represented as heroes who have it all together the Bible consistently represents us as needy people. The Bible knows our needs and the Bible provides our needs. And people as needy as we are need a savior who is as strong as Jesus is. And it's Jesus that is ultimately our security because Jesus lives the life He travels the road that we could never perfectly travel. It's Jesus that is our fortress. It's Jesus that is the mountain that surrounds us and protects us and comforts us and intercedes for us and prays for us and defends us and conquers everything that stands in the way of us and loving God and experiencing the love of God and loving our neighbors. He is our mountain, and we are fixed in Jesus. We are fixed in Jesus. So as we prepare to go out into breakout rooms, I'm going to pray for us, but I want to encourage you as you go through these questions, uh, I I put there, take a deep breath uh, and then answer a question. Take a deep breath and answer another question, because I really want to encourage you to be vulnerable about your insecurities. And be vulnerable about your defense mechanisms. And I want you to be honest about how if this truth seeps into you that God protects you, that God is your security, and that Psalm 125 is an affirmation not of how strong you are as a Christian or how weak you are as a Christian, but of how faithful God is to his people, I want you to unpack how that truth speaks into the insecurities that we encounter even now. So let me pray for us and then I'll send us out into breakout rooms. Father, we thank you uh, for this day and we thank you that you've spoken to us perfectly through your word because you love us and you care for us. And I pray that even now as we uh, jump into discussion that we would resist the enemy and the temptations that we feel to pretend like we have it all together. Would we expose in ourselves, the insecurities that we have, um, as an effort in leaning into your faithfulness to us even more. We ask and we plead with you that you will do this by your Spirit and through your word. And we ask these things in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.